Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bevanilla Field Podcast. My name is Jack. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Emily Nerds. I'm here with my co-host Ryan. You can find him on Twitter at Ryan CESM. You can find Jackson on Twitter at Jackson Dells too. In today's podcast, we're going to be recapping the Astros and Red Sox ALDS series and the White Sox and Astros ALDS series. We're going to be talking particularly about the Rays pitching strategy and Alex Cora's managing and how the White Sox were simply unmatched. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And we'll start with, since it was fresh, we're recording right after. We're going to start with the White Sox and Astros. So, um, the Astros won this series in four games. It was not a competition. Um, and I, I just want to let, let Ryan go ahead first because I know, you know, he was very adamant on the White Sox winning. So what do you think went right. wrong? All right. So honestly, I think it was just a matter of I severely underestimated just the offensive talent that the Astros have. I mean, they went in there and I know they lost game three, but they still dropped six runs and they knocked out the White Sox starters early. Like the White Sox got zero length from any of their starting pitching, despite that being a strength. The Astros just bullied the White Sox. They just beat the ever-loving shit out of that pitching staff. Like I've never seen an offense face such a good pitching staff consistently in the playoffs. Like the, they just in 2018 with the Indians, when they faced that like really good rotation, just beat the crap out of them. But even with the, when they faced Cleveland, I mean, it, I mean, I think it was Bauer who maybe had a good start or uh, Kluber who like at least went deep into the game. Who went past the fifth, the fourth inning in, in the series for the White Sox? I think Giolito got to four. Lynn got knocked yeah, out after what, three? What? Oh, my God. Just real quick before I forget. Mm-hmm. Tony Russo said the Astros hitting a Bray was intentional. <laughs> They literally hit Altuve, then cheered about the fans cheered about, it, and Altuve would go on to score in that inning, I think, or two runs would score in that inning. Anyways, go ahead, finish what you're saying. Sorry, but like I like this Astros offense, and maybe the White Sox were just frauds, and maybe their starting pitching was only good because of the maybe they, are. they played in. But I, I mean, there's no, I, I just, I can't fathom. I think this is more of the Astros are very good and less about. Like, I don't think Lucas Giolito is a guy who can only go four innings against a real team, or Lance Lynn just get, is going to get shit on consistently by a real team, or Dylan Cease cannot get past the second inning against a real team, or Carlos Rodon cannot get past the second inning against a real team. I think the Astros are just like that offense is just incredible, like top to bottom, with the exception of Martin Maldonado, that entire lineup can hit. The White Sox were terrible with their defensive positioning. They couldn't get it right. They couldn't play good deep. They, they were not positioned well defensively. And when you're facing a lineup as dynamic as the Astros and a team that doesn't whiff the way the Astros don't whiff, and that's not because of cheating. Ryan Tapera's dumbass decided to give the Astros some fucking – he gave them a quote. He gave them bulletin board material to the greatest offense in baseball and a team that, know, that has been consistently a very good playoff team. I, they're not cheating. The Astros are not cheating. They are just very, very good. And the White Sox just went in there and just got their shit beat. Like they got beat the fuck down. And I think if they were to play, based on how the series went, if they were to play the Red Sox, if they were to have played the Rays in the first round, they may have gotten their shit beat as well. Because my God, the Astros have just their, their they just had their number offensively. Yeah. And I mean, I can't say that I didn't call it or predict this. You know, I kind of did. It was really really utter domination from the, the Astros here. Um, you know, Lance McCullers is really good. He'd probably be the White Sox second best pitcher. Um, 
Luis Garcia had a rough outing yesterday. Um, who else? Framber Valdez is really good. Like these are these are really good pitchers. The Astros pen is also pretty decent. Um, you know, so it's um, and apparently Lance McCullers was injured. He had left forearm discomfort. Um, or whatever, I don't know left, but the, he, I don't know about which but he had forearm discomfort, so hopefully he's fine for the ALCS. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean it was uh it was really not competitive and uh you know, I know Jackson, you're probably a bit upset because you know you have to face them now. Uh, I'm sure you would have rather played the White Sox. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone kind of overrates the White Sox rotation just because they were so good in the first half. But if you look in the second half, Lance Lynn was basically only throwing fastballs, and that's just not going to work against any playoff team. I mean, Giolito's fine, but uh, in a normal game, he probably goes six innings in that type of game. You know, Cease probably doesn't normally go two in a normal game. So I think looking at the innings sometimes is a bit deceiving there, but I, I think the White Sox rotation may be just a little overrated. And some of those guys like Cease is pretty hit or miss. Uh, and, and so if you have a bad day, it's going to be rough. Yeah, I have to agree there. That's what I've sort of been saying all season. Um, and I think people sort of misunderstand. Like, I don't I don't think the White Sox are a bad team. I, I just don't think – like, people think – like, I, I didn't really consider them in that, that top-tier team in the playoffs and – that's why I don't really consider them to be a World Series type, you know, caliber team. And, you know, they might go out and make some offseason moves and make it even better. Like, who knows? Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Kimbrell because they traded for him at the deadline and he's got a team option worth $16 million. So that's $16 million for a reliever. It was actually pretty bad with the White Sox down the stretch. So it's like, yeah. you know, will they pick that up? I don't know. And then, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Like, you know, the trade in to begin with was trading, you know, five years of Nick Madrigal for half a season of Kimbrell and I'm for 16. Like that was I'll take the L on that trade. I'll take the yeah, L on that trade if it means I can keep $60 million. There's no reason to bring back Kimbrell because, I mean, you can get his production most likely on the market at a much lower cost. Yeah, like Colin McHugh. Yeah. Or you can go out and, like, get an, a starting pitcher if you want to replace Rodon. Or, hell, you could probably use that money and actually retain Rodon because I don't think Rodon's getting as much money in free agency and or should get that much money in free agency considering his injury history lack of reliability. This could have been his peak year. We don't know. I think um, it definitely was. I don't really see him getting any better. Yeah, so, like, I don't think you're going to be offering him more than – you're not going to be offering him, like, you know, 20-plus million dollars a year over four to five years. I mean, I think that's a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, who knows? But Kimbrell, I mean, it was – I felt like it was an overpay, and I felt like it only could have been justified by the White Sox winning the World Series – they did not win the World Series, and therefore, I think you can look back and now say that was a terrible trade. Um, it's similar to like the Yankees Rizzo trade, you know? Yeah, I would say the Rizzo trade goes overlooked as like a terrible trade by the Yankees. I don't know. I think that was a really bad trade by the Yankees. I think they gave up way too much for Rizzo, and I and think Rizzo's it was even good. He was like Matt, you know, and Rizzo's he... like Rizzo's probably gonna, if the Yankees re-sign Rizzo at like you know, a $20 million three year per over three years, 20 million a year, three years. That'll also be a disaster because he's clearly regressing offensively. Maybe not a disaster, but it wouldn't be very good. Like there are definitely it would be a, options. It would be a disaster because Hal's going to want to go back on the luxury tax again. And so he'll yeah, be, if our big money is yeah. to Rizzo, if the Yankees big money is to Rizzo, that's a major disaster. But yeah. yeah. They could go out and get like Josh Bell in the trade market. And I think you'll get, you'll be perfectly content not well, signing Rizzo. Or Olsen. Yeah. But Olsen's also clearly better. Like I think, anyone no matter how high you think of Rizzo Olsen's clearly a better baseball player but if you want to get like comparable value you could probably get Bell and get like similar offensive production and the defense Rizzo's defense was not that good this year so 
I don't know. Well, but, like Rowdy Tellez just hit a go-ahead two-run homer. That's that's okay. Okay. At least that's a good series. All right, let's move on to the White Sox offseason. What do you think the White Sox? And I'll go to Jackson first. We're just talking about the Yankees. Um, Jackson, what do you think the White Sox first move or biggest moves with this offseason will be? And how much? Like, what do you think they'll go for first? Uh, I feel like it's got their pitching is just so weird. You don't really know what you have besides really Giolito, and you're kind of hopeful with Cease and you know Hendricks is under contract and got a couple of guys like Tapper and Bummer who you like. But I mean, how much do you trust Lance Lynn? Do you think Michael Kobeck's going to be a starter? How much do you trust for uh, the Dones free agent? So that's going to be gone. So they're definitely going to need to get one or two quality starting pitchers, whether by trade, which I don't really know who they have left to trade because they've traded their entire farm away. Uh, so maybe would it be that bad to, you know, trade Lance Lynn, trade maybe a Jose Abreu who's aging. But what value do they have? Do they have any value? Like, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I, I don't think Jose Abreu is any value. I don't know if Lance Lynn is, if he has any, like, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's kind of their problem right now is they have a bunch of these old guys. They have, like, some young guys that are all right, and they have these old dudes with little to no value who are helping them win. But, I mean, for the next, what, two years, while well, they may they maybe win another division title, we're not going to go farther than that just because of how this roster is set up. So I think they're in for the next two, three years, a whole kind of overhaul of everything. It, the future you, doesn't look all that right for Chicago. And you can't you can't expect Luis Robert. Like, I, I think Luis Robert's a really good player. You can't expect him to put up another 160 WRC plus season walking 4% of the time. That's just not realistic. Do I think he's probably you know, really is, Do you think he's at least 25% above average as a hitter? Yeah, I would say that's pretty reasonable. But do I think he's re- remotely close to 60%? No. And I don't think, and I think a lot of their second half production for the White Sox, they weren't very good. They relied a lot on Robert and you can't expect him to have that again. And their division um, was so bad. And their division so was really wins. bad. And the Tigers are going to be better for sure. Like the Tigers, the Indians are going to be better. The, the Guardians will be better. The, the who, Royals Jackson? Right <laughs> Jackson, the Royals. They're still, they're still wow. the Indians, technically. Wow, wow. The Royals will be better than they were this year. The Twins will I think the Tigers are going to win the division next year. I, think I would, have, okay. I don't know if I, I can go that far. Could, I think the Twins will I mean, they have a lot of money to sign. I they do. Right, but I think it'll... I think the twins might win it because I think they'll actually go make some moves in free agency. And they're even really, I would argue on paper, the twins roster is almost as good as the white Sox. Um, I, okay. I think we're over-exaggerating that they got I don't their think shit. So. I, think the white Sox, Astros. I don't think the white Sox are that good. And, and I've been saying Especially this. Next year. I know, but like, all right, put it this way. All right. Let's go position by position real quick. All right. Garver is worse than Grandal, but Garver is really good. So no, is worse than a Bray, but it's like not that bad. It's like barely a difference. No, it is pretty. So no, it's pretty awful at first base defense. He's not that bad. No, he's like probably all trade. They can get bigger, better guys. Okay, Polanco is better than whoever the fuck they put out there. It depends. Uh, this is this is the thing though. The White Sox should be heavily interested in Simeon because if they can have Simeon and have him play second base, that changes a lot of things for them offensively. Well, I could definitely depends. be a strong. I mean, yeah, it'll depend. I mean, I, I do think the White Sox are still a better team, but yeah, obviously the the I would say Buxton's better than Robert, and then Kevin but that's. Larry Garcia, I guess. I don't know. Who's who's to say they don't trade Buxton though? Well, I, it depends on what direction the Twins take. If they take a rebuilding direction, then yeah, obviously the White Sox. I think they should though. Like, I don't think they should be dying to try to compete. Like, force well, look, themselves back in my position. Yeah, like, but they money, can't. They, they can't pitch. They can't pitch. But play this way, right? They have 
virtually like they have very little money tied down anybody right now besides Donaldson. Um, so like, you know, do I think the twin the twins could go out and legitimately build a one year rotation? They feel like they could try one more year. They could legitimately go out there and build a one year rotation. They could go sign a sign Carlos Rodon. They could sign Rodon, but they could sign a fuck ton of one year deals that could really end up working out because their lineup is just so good when it's healthy. But I mean, wait, go ahead, finish your point. What I was going to say was like I, I think yeah, it'll obviously depend on what direction the Twins will take this offseason. But you know, if we're talking about this in March, like I think we could. I get out of being like the Twins are a better team. I would agree in the sense that if they go and take the direction of being aggressive in free agency, they could win it. I'm not saying that's not possible. What I'm saying is I just don't think they're going to be taking that direction. Jose Barros was under contract for this year and next year. It's a little strange if their idea was to go out and compete for next season and they traded Barrios. Well, they did well on the Barrios trade, right? I'm not well, saying Brio, they didn't. Barrios is like a a borderline top 30 starter and that's not to say he's bad he's really good it's just there are a lot of good starting pitchers and they got a haul from they got a really good haul from. i i i agree but they were so shopping like, i would have done that even if i was like a contending team i probably would have done that. I, I i don't disagree yeah. like you know like i i don't i don't disagree i think you have to make whatever move you know if you get a blow away blow me away offer you take it regardless of where you are in your competitive window however i think that they're going to try to continue to build up that farm i mean didn't they weren't the reports that they were going to try to trade bucks in this all season from the deadline that, that they was reported by to... gary sanchez resurgence bandwagon oh no i wasn't talking about i'm not saying like the, to the yankees i'm saying like there were reports oh, in general, yeah 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 they're going to try to time, at the same time though like they're still not a bad like i i think i think we'll see i think a lot of it came down to them not panicking but realizing like hey we have a window the the deadline specifically last this this year was you know, historically, besides the Gallo trade, really historically, like overpriced, like these guys were going for insane packages. And I think they could really, they understood they could capitalize it. And they still, like I said, they have a good, I, I mean, their whole rotation is kind of a fucking disaster. But outside of that, which is, you know, fixable, outside of that, their team is pretty solid. I would say, though, that it, I think this really just comes down to like what happens in the offseason, which remains to be seen, right? You know, if the Tigers get Correa, that changes a lot of things because that'll definitely open up the window with the door for them to go out and grab other free agents. You know, when you bring a guy like Correa onto your team, there is a factor of there are people who are going to want to play with Carlos Correa because they believe that is a competitive team now. Um, but, you know, the White Sox go out and have a good offseason and, you know, that could definitely change things. I agree that they got a lot of uh, 90, like kind of like the hundred, the 99th percentile of what a player's outcome would be like Lance Lynn. I think this was definitely like, this was not like, this is not what you're going to expect from Lance Lynn, that like sub three ERA. It was definitely the best possible outcome. And I think that happened with too many players on our team for this to necessarily be sustainable, but that doesn't mean that next year they can't revamp the roster so that they're in a position where they have guys that are like, going to play well enough to do like where they have the top division stock aside from spending more money what can they do like and how are we sure they already have a lot of money tied down to players what are they gonna they have fucking 16 million dollars tied on a dallas keiko what are they what like what else they have to pay like what are they gonna they have like 18 to lynn 16 to keiko they're gonna have to extend Gilito at some point um rodon's a free agent grandal is making 20 mil or 18 mil or whatever brady's making 20 mil uh Cesar Hernandez, they're probably not going to take his option with maybe eight mil. Tim Anderson's got a good contract. Mokana's got a good contract. 
Robertson a rookie deal. My point is like these guys are and and Hendricks is making thirteen million. Campbell if they pick him up sixteen, they're not, you know, in a position where I feel like they're going to go get a big contract. And if they do that, that like good for them. But I, I just don't really see it, especially if they don't trade anybody, which like they can't. I don't. I don't really see a team. The problem. The problem seems to be with Chicago is just that they're just out of, you know, this is kind of the, the wall you hit if you're not like the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Red Sox where you, if you run out of money and you run out of prospects, you're kind of fucked. Like you just can't get any better. Oh, yeah, that's what um, they do. Um, yeah, you just really, can't buy your way out of this. Yeah, like, I don't really see Kopech as a starter. Who? Kopech. I don't really see him as a starter. Yeah, I think, and I remember a lot of people gave you a lot of crap um, about trading Kopech and how he's an untouchable. They wrote a whole if article. Kopech, Somebody wrote an entire right. article. Kopech had ran into, like, massive struggles this year as a reliever. Like, if he posted a sub-3 ERA um, as a reliever, I would say, you know, like, okay, he's going to translate to the rotation. His ERA will go up because that traditionally happens. Um but I, I don't know how much I trust him as a starter right now. You know what I mean? He could be like a like a Shane McClanahan, Patino type guy who goes three to five innings. But he's not going to guy that's going to give you length ever. Right, but that's that's just not like I would say it's not an untouchable. If you get what I'm saying? No, I mean, you know what I mean? I think ideally the LA stays, but their team. I mean, if you look at next year, you know, all the other teams in their division are going to get better. What happens when they finish eighty-two and eighty? They got no prospects. They got a ton of guys under contract. What are they going to do? You're kind of in a hole there where you're mediocre and you got nothing. Right. And but how, and, and what do you do? I mean, it's, this is just, I, I guess, I guess we're going to, this is going to be a discussion that we're going to have to have heavily in the offices about them. But I, I guess the dead, like the deadline they had, it just kind of sucked that Kimbrell was not like excellent. They kind of had a mediocre second half and they rode it into the playoffs and the Astros are just the fucking Astros and just beat the, just beat the brakes off of that team. Um, I, it, it's, I, I guess if the Astros get worse next year, that'll help them. But, you know, I don't see the Rays, Red Sox and Yankees and Blue Jays deciding, Hey, we just won't, we just won't try to get better next year. Like, yeah, there's no room in the wild card. It's going to yes. be three, well, AL, I, I three really, AL East teams next year. I would East imagine. I, I really think that I might end up having the Rays coming in in fourth place again this year. Um, it, yeah, I mean, I, I think you have four teams that are going to compete for three spots. There's no – the White Sox have to win their division. And yeah. it's going to be really hard. Like, let's say the White Sox – let's say that you replace the White Sox with the Orioles. The White Sox are easily in fifth place. Like, they would have probably have been a close – Oh, yeah. Team. I think the Blue Jays are – Way better than the White Sox are, right? Yeah. I mean, I would speaking of the AL East though, like, and I was thinking about this earlier, like the the standings as to how the AL East actually went, like the Rays winning it by eight games. I don't think that reflects how much better the Rays were than their division. I don't think they were eight games better than the Red Sox. Looking back, on if you look at Team ERA, Team Sierra, uh, weighted runs created plus, expected weight on base average, and the Red Sox based on that playoff series also helped with this. Um, uh, with this as well, if you look back on it, and this is, I think, a, on my part, me just falling for um, win-loss record instead of actual true talent, which you guys correctly predicted in that episode. True talent definitely does matter. Um, and I think I just looked specifically at win-loss record, and I went a little too heavily into it. And I will admit when I'm wrong. Um, 
But the gap between the Rays and like the Red Sox, Yankees, and Blue Jays is definitely a lot smaller. That is like maybe like one or two games. Like I think if we go true talent wise, the gap between every AL East team is probably based on how they played this year is probably one to two games at max. Um, and the Red Sox, uh, look, I'm not saying the Red Sox are going to beat the Astros. I don't think I, I, I would not pick them. I Jackson, I know you love the Red Sox. You're a Red Sox fan. I don't think you're picking the Red Sox to be favorites against oh. the Astros here, though it's definitely possible. Baseball. Is I mean, baseball. I think the Rays to win the World um, Series. So. Right. My bracket's completely fine. I want to quickly, sorry to interrupt, but I want to segue into to sort of talking about the Rays particularly. Do you think their pitching strategy is fully sustainable over a full season and the playoffs? Well, I think they were hurt pretty bad from not having Tyler Glasnow, not having Nick Anderson, not having Chaz Rowe. Uh, I mean, because you're down to not a lot of pitching talent that can give you length. I don't think they that was their ideal. They kind of just had to work with what they had. I think for what they had, they did well. But when Shane McClanahan's your game one starter, and then you got essentially two bullpen days, really, three bullpen days, it's not going to go all that well. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. And I think that's sort of like, but there's also a, there's also a fundamental flaw. Like you can't, I, I don't think you can fully like, and I think this for a guy like Brian Yarbrough comes into play and he's actually a really important piece. You can't build a team for every best case scenario. There's a reason the Rays lost the series. And it was mainly because their whole lineup was not very good. Uh, and I'm sorry, their best hitter, Brandon Lau, was terrible. And we're not their best hitter, but one of their best hitters, Brandon Lau, was Probably terrible. their best hitter, though. Outside of Franco, I think Franco might be their best hitter. Franco's better, but I mean, yeah. I feel like Randy just feels like the best hitter right now. Yeah, in October, yes, but like I would say, like true talent wise, it's yeah, Franco yeah. and then Lau and then maybe yeah, Rosarina. My point Franco's is, destroyed. like they plan basically for every single solitary reliever to throw a perfect inning, or or just sort of they plan for everything to be perfect. And I think a guy like I said, a guy like Yarbrough maybe changes things a bit, but their their team was just not. And when I get, I'll, I'll bring this up again. Like when you're in a playoff series. True talent matters a lot, and the Rays were simply not the best true talent team. Like, the Red Sox were probably a better team true talent-wise. And I don't really think the Red Sox are that good. Um, I think they're, they're, they're definitely obviously a good team. I don't think they're that good, but I do think true talent-wise they're better than the Rays. I would say the Yankees would have beaten the Rays as well. I would probably say the Blue Jays being the, the Rays as well in that series. I also think you know, the last two games were so close. I yeah. Mean, they were That's they true. were in the 13th inning, uh, a weird bounce from Hunter Renfro away from – probably winning that game you know who knows what's happened in the bottom and if that happens again but or if they keep scoring but i mean you know one ball one ball goes a different way what if they win that game and then they come in and and they score just one more run you know I, so i think people are kind of overreacting to a five game series on how something works yeah, or doesn't because two games were literally walk-offs you know well, i'd the call first, them 50 50 the first thing i tweeted after the game ended was that like you got to remember the the Red Sox whole philosophy and their their president of baseball operations is from the Rays, and I know you know people would capitalize on the opportunity to say, oh shit, well analytics can win you this series. You know the Red Sox are a traditional good organization. Like no, like they are a very analytically inclined organization, and there's a reason they won is because Kike Hernandez put up a four win season. Um, Alex Rodrigo was pretty solid. Hunter uh, Renfro was great. Hunter Renfro was good. Even the Weck dog. Kevin Plucky was pretty good. 
like I mean, Dog Baby came in and did well. I, Schwarber know. came in and was like the best hitter ever. It's like these are I'm, these are all very like yeah, I, these are all very good moves by Han Bloom, who obviously came from the, the Rays. Like, and I think last year, like the Red Sox obviously looked really bad coming into the season because it was sixty games and everybody played poorly, besides Andrew Bogarts. But um, who sucks? Which is not very good now, by the way. He's pretty washed. It's not better than Labor Torres, but. Um, okay, 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 okay. That's anyways, what I'm what saying is that. What, I, what I'm saying is, is you know, obviously, like, do I think the White Sox, if the White Sox won the series, would I say the Astros are a better team? Yeah, of course. I would say they still are. And, and you know, I, obviously, it's a crapshoot. The, the World Series is not won by the best team almost ever here. Um, but, you know, it does happen. So, like last year it happened, but that was 60 games. Um, that was a fake season. But anyways, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. So does everyone else want to jump in before we move on to the uh, Giants-Dodgers? I want to just throw in one last point about the Reds. And I, I've been saying this like all day because it's like the first thing that pops into my mind when I think about the Rays-Red Sox series. Major League Baseball is better when teams are rewarded for spending money. It is imperative that we put pressure on owners to invest into their ball clubs and to put a watchable, watchable product and invest. Oh, my bad. What? My back? We lost you. Am I back? Yeah. My internet right. connection. Point is, so. I'll just I'll just say this a lot quicker. Uh, we need to, like, the Red Sox spent money, and they're extremely analytical. That is the combination that works. The Rays should not be celebrated for cutting corners financially. It is, the like, the front office should be celebrated for that, but not the entire organization. It's a bad look to not spend a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's a bad look. Um, and I think that's bad for baseball if we like celebrate. Look, look how great this is. Like, this is great. They don't spend a lot of money and win a lot of games. That's great on the GM's part, but that's not a great, you know, look for an organization. I think the Red Sox are a better example of like, look, they are a $200 million payroll team that are extreme, that is extremely analytical. They're cost efficient while also spending a lot of money. That's where you want to be. And the Red Sox beat the Rays because they simply can out, they can outspend that team. And I think the Rays shortcomings came down to if they had more money, maybe they could have bought, they could have afforded more pitching depth at the deadline to make some trades to not have to get rid of Rich Hill. Um, that's uh, because of the month. I think that was for money reasons because he took on. No, Nelson I Cruz think it was because right they had too much pitching at the time and he wasn't getting enough in it. It was all, also it was kind of ironic. Yeah. But, uh, it was a good trade though. But the point is, you can afford to have these. I, I'm not saying like I'm just saying like they could afford maybe to have acquired a pitcher and take right. on a contract and not have to worry about, you know, hey, we only have X amount of money to spend, you know, or, you know, any things of that sort. I think the Rays will only get better as years go by. You know, they're going to have Franco for a full season. They're going to have other prospects coming up. And I think Wander Franco's an incredible talent. Jack, you know, top 25, top 20 player, already pushing it. Incredible talent. They'll only get better, hopefully, uh, for their sake. I hope they don't get better. I hate them. Um, but you just got to spend money at some point. And the Red Sox, they have money. Rays don't. Sometimes this comes I also, they have money they refuse to spend. I think we should be. Right. Like, but I mean, like, have money as in, like. But yeah. Yeah. I also think the Red Sox, from watching this series, it's pretty clear they out-prepared them. I mean, they got to a point where when Mike Zunino or Brandon Lau came up, it was an out. Every time. Zunino went two for 20. Uh, I was like, oh, for 21 or something like that. It, there was no one in the Red Sox lineup like that. You know, I, there was always a spot to get a hit, two outs somewhere, and 
or make something happen. But the Rays, you get to, I mean, Nelson Cruz was shut out besides game one. Randy was pretty much held down besides a couple eighth inning hits. Uh, they kind of figure out the fastball on the inside half worked well. I, I mean, besides Wander Franco, they prepared really well for that lineup. I think they prepare well for Franco too. It's just he's just so good. So they matter. I mean, they missed it's a couple pitches. Mike like Trout, Aaron Judge, or, yeah. or Joey Gallo. So, um, anyways, let's move. Suck. Before we end this here, uh, it's gonna be a shorter episode. Before we end this, you guys want to talk Giants Dodgers for a bit because uh, that's been a hell of a series to watch. Game three is tonight. Um, we got Walker Butane on the mound tonight. Few dogs uh, on the up going today. No, Descalfani is going today. Descalfani. I, I would imagine that if the Giants have a close game, they'll bring in wet. Like, if, if, it, if it's in the seventh inning, they'll bring him in to finish it. If Walker Bueller gets outpitched by uh, Desclafani at L.A., like, I'm fucking riding. Like, I'm going to laugh about that all offseason. I would not, ha- like, have an irrational, like, I would not, like, be obsessed with him pitching poorly in the playoffs if he didn't make that comment about walks being a tools for strikeouts. Uh, like, just throw strikes, pal. Just get strikeouts. Like, just don't. I need to fucking walk people. Like, what, what are we doing with endorsing walks? Why are we, why are we, why are we justifying walks? Walks are awful. They're terrible. Yeah. They're the worst thing in the world. Giving in and like giving up a walk is like, that's evil shit. I like, I hope he gives up like four walks and all four of them score. And like the Dodgers get eliminated and Anthony Discofani doesn't walk a single batter and throw six shutout innings because walks are fucking stupid. And butane. Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers, are, the, the Giants are such a fun team. Like how can you also not root for them? If you're not a Dodgers fan, you're just crazy to not root for the Giants. Like the Giants Let's go, Gosman, baby. Aaron fucking up. You saw they were manipulating the wind yesterday? Yeah. Like, that was definitely, like, some kind of device they had hung up. Like, they put, like, a device in the lights, which was, like, making a wind blow, and then Gavin Lux hit, didn't get out because of the wind. So Maybe um, if Gavin Lux cared more about the sport of baseball, he would have hit that ball harder and potentially hit that for a home run. But, you know, I, I just don't think the Dodgers care enough about this sport and don't respect this sport enough. Um, I agree. You know, they need more Blake Trinans on that roster. You know, less less guys who don't care about Trinans, uh, Bueller's, Bowers. Well, not Bowers, but... Okay. All right. Anyways. Yeah. All right. Um, Jackson, yeah. any thoughts on the Giants-Dodgers series, particularly anything you've seen so far? Besides uh, Camilo Duvall's 2,500 uh, 2, RPM gyro fastball. That he throws He's at better than Mariano Rivera. Jackson, do you have anything to say? Um, I don't know. I kind of want a game five, so I'm I'm rooting for the Dodgers. That's fair. That is you fair. get it, we, who you root for in game five though? I don't care. You don't. Uh, care. I I grew up because I was born in Northern California, so the Giants have always been kind of like my NL team. But I don't know. I like the Dodgers. I like the organization. Besides, like some of the sexual assault, but you know, we're glad that you don't like this for sure. That's really good too. Not, not a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan of, we're not a fan of criminal behavior here. We're not. No. Well, not that kind of criminal behavior. There is some criminal behavior that's cool, but like not that kind. Yeah, of like I'm, I'm, yeah, like I'm, tax fraud. That's kind of... Yeah, that's pretty big. I, I like well, actually, that. I kind of like tax fraud. Yeah, I do yeah. like tax fraud. I do enjoy tax fraud. Anyways, um, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Rival Field Podcast. If you like what you saw, please give us a five star rating, whatever pod, uh, platform you're listening to. Make sure to also subscribe. Make sure to go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Deep Red Pod. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at MLB Nerds and Twitter at MLB Nerds. Make sure to follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan ESM. And go follow Jackson on Twitter at Jackson Dells too. It's been a Deep Red Left Field uh, by Castellanos, and we will see you in episode number 45.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.